Welcome to Trust Company Talks with Bill Noble and Burke Coons. Good morning, and welcome to Trust Company Talks with Bill Noble and Burke Coons. Good morning, Mr. Noble. Good morning, Mr. Coons. How are you? I'm doing it's great. Good to see you. It's good to be seen. Yes, I know it is. <laughs> uh, today, we are thrilled to be joined by our, our very special guest, our very own Chief Executive Officer, Bill Smith, who is here to talk about all things Trust Company and, of course, his least favorite subject in the world himself. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Bert. Thank we, you, Bill. It's thank pleasure, you, pleasure thank you to for be joining here. us, William. We've been trying very hard to... To get our CEO, Bill Smith, to join us, but he is a very busy man. He is a very busy man. We're very pleased to have him here today. Very much so. We've all known each other for a long time, but there are those in in our audience, our wide-ranging audience, uh, who don't know you very well. So maybe take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill. Burke, I'd be delighted to. So I live in Greensboro currently with my lovely wife, Sue, and precious eight-year-old daughter, Josie. Got the two most wonderful women in the world in my house they uh my little girl's spitting image of her mom which is which is a great thing <laughs> and we um also have a uh, two-year-old puppy that we picked up during the uh, pandemic lizzie uh-huh. which is a we've been a great addition excellent so i um i grew up in burlington which was uh, 30 minutes away right down the road and um went to high school at walter m williams high school proud bulldog william which you are well aware of our oh, yes. football prowess. Oh, yes. Uh, and then uh, studied uh, economics at Carolina and graduated in uh, the late 80s, sandwiched perfectly between you two gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, came in just as Bill was leaving and, and left just as you were coming in, Bert. That's right. The vapors were still, were still yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had left a mark. Yeah. I, I <laughs> a lot, lot of Tar Heels in this, in this right. discussion. That's, That's right. right. Uh, fortunately now, or unfortunately. <laughs> and then um, – so outside of my work at Trust Company, and uh, and Sue and I moved to Greensboro uh, eight years ago, just before Josie was born, and I'm involved uh, on the board of Josie School, Greensboro Day School, and been a trustee at Elon University for 25 years, uh, hard to believe, uh, and then uh, other organizations. You know, Greensboro and the the Triad in particular has been um, doing everything it can to uh, to. Um, restore the jobs we lost over the mm-hmm. last 20 years or so. So I'm involved with a group called the, the Piedmont Triad Partnership, which is you know, a group of business leaders that are focused on on bringing uh, new businesses and, and jobs to, to the region. And then lastly, I serve on the executive board of the Piedmont Triad Charitable Foundation, which is the host organization for the Wyndham Championship, uh-huh. our uh, PGA Tour event in Greensboro. And as you all both know, what Trust Company's been a sponsor of that event for the last 15 years. That's been outstanding. So, yeah, it's a great event and glad to have been a part of um, restoring that, um, that tournament to its former glory. Absolutely. And not that it needed restoring, but the, but uh, but Elon has just become the hot school of the state, yeah, really, of the crazy. East Coast, so it seems. It, it really has. Having grown up in Burlington, it was, uh, you know, Elon was a was a great resource for our community, but but really, um, since the mid-90s, it has been on a rocket ship and has mm-hmm. been a national um, standard for engaged learning. I, I joke with the leadership at Elon that, that really uh, their rise to national prominence coincided with my joining the board. So <laughs> it, well, it, it kind of did. Yeah, well, no, well, no, it's great. <laughs> They've got a great team at Elon. That's awesome. That's right. 
Well, William, I, one of the things, I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I call him William just because we've known each other so long, and both of our Bill is William H. Smith, and I am William H. Noble, so we've always called each, called each other William. But um, most people call us by Bill or Billy. So, um, but the story for an, for an exciting office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the story of trust companies is, is is a is a pretty interesting story. But before we go to that, Bill, one thing I would like to share with our audience is Bill is probably one of the most humble people I've ever known. No, no and, doubt. Um, no doubt. A couple things he failed to mention is that he was a Phi Beta Kappa at Chapel Hill when he spent his time there. Mm-hmm. He uh, also played JV basketball at for Roy Williams for two years. William was it two? Two years. Yeah. Two years with, with with Coach Roy. He was an Eagle Scout, and most importantly, he taught my children how to play chess when they were very young. Impressive, and uh, which which I am forever grateful for because they still to this day talk about it about how That's Mr. So Smith cool. used to patiently take the time to teach them how to play chess but those are those, those are some other unique fun facts about bill but um bill as it relates to trust company i would love for you to share with our audience um the history of trust company because it, it's so intermingled and interrelated with your with your family so i mean anything you could share would be greatly appreciated yeah bill so um was an interesting uh a time in the the early 90s it seemed there were uh, independent trust companies were were popping up all over the country, and uh, and our uh, our family was approached uh, by a group that was looking to sell the charter for the trust company of the South. It was um, interestingly, we have clients today who knew this knew that particular family, but there was a, a a group in South Carolina that had applied for three separate charters uh, in North Carolina and South Carolina and Florida. Uh, as a defensive move to to protect their family asset, uh, which was a timber extensive timber interest that were going to end up in in trust one day, and they wanted to have control over the administration of that asset. And as it turned out, they had family members that had gotten sick and and were um, sought to unload one of their their um, chartered entities, and so. They approached us, and, and my father at the time thought that there would always be an opportunity for, for a firm like that that was focused on, on uh, lasting relationships and responsive service. And he um, knew that he couldn't do it alone and reached out to, uh, to one of his longtime friends or two of his longtime friends, uh, Ernest and Maurice Corey, who were prominent, uh, successful textile mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, uh, am- among other things, extensive real estate holdings. But uh, in any event, the Coreys were were very well respected in our community, and and my dad approached them about the prospect of investing in this firm, and and they agreed, and and that was it. I mean, so we we um, started the firm thirty years ago uh, in October, nineteen ninety two. That's wild. Yeah, that really is, and and I, and I think back about I've been with the firm probably longer than anybody now other than Bill and um just to just to share a little bit more about Mr. Smith, Harold Smith, Bill's dad, um he was truly one of the most impressive uh southern gentleman businessmen I ever met. I mean I just remember walking out the first time I ever met with with Mr. Smith how I was thinking this is the type of person I want to be associated with and right. he was he was a he was a great Tar Heel, but he was also a Harvard MBA. He was a very smart guy. And um, William, if I remember correctly, I think he wore a tie into the office every day until 
right before the end. And your dad lived to be 96, 96, (laughs) which was very impressive to me. He was just a really, really impressive guy. But, um, well, talk a little bit, William, about the about the early years at Trust Company when you first first decided to take take this thing to a to a full fledged company and not just for your family. So I think that'd be it'd be an interesting story. Yeah, no, it was. You're right, Bill. It was uh, it was a difficult um, several early years for us, and we uh, you know in that in that time we had no track record, we had no infrastructure, we had no reputation. It was just you know we were. We had the opportunity to work with clients purely on the their their confidence in the founders of the firm, and so we, over many years, uh, began to develop a reputation of uh, you know, really the things that have persisted throughout the history of our company that we were responsive and transparent and uh, and provided a very valuable um, relationship based service. Now, you mentioned my dad, Bill. He, you know, one of the things that was special to him was the relationships he had with his professional advisors. You know, the uh, many of whom I uh, continue to have relationships with today as attorneys, as accountants, as insurance advisors. And what had happened uh, in those years, the investment teams that he'd worked with over time began to consolidate, and they would move from our area to Charlotte to Atlanta to call centers and uh, areas far and, and mm-hmm. uh, wide. And, and that was concerning to him. And I think he saw that there was an opportunity if we could develop a, uh, um, a firm that replaced that or, or uh, hedged that transition, that there would always be folks like him and, and other families that wanted that kind of service. But, but early on, it was difficult. In those uh, in the in the early nineties, there was a firm in Greensboro that was well established and set the standard yeah. of uh, of uh, independent trust companies called NC Trust, and mm-hmm. they were very highly regarded and uh, based in Greensboro. And as a result, a lot of our growth we we couldn't effectively compete with them. We headed east, and and fortunately, we paired up with Bill Noble, who, <laughs> who had a uh, you know, I would hear often that you are like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's six degrees of, of separation to Bill Noble. It's more like two. I don't know about uh, that. Well, but, that's uh, right. But, but no, that's uh, because of your influence, Bill. A lot of our early growth in the firm and successes we had were in eastern North Carolina and not so much in the uh, in the Piedmont Triad where, where we were headquartered. But we, um, you know, we were diligent and Added relationships, uh, many in Rocky Mount, where you're from, and and in the Triangle, where we are today, and and established a, a presence here in Raleigh, and grew the firm uh, steadily over the years. And the, even though it was hard, I mean, it was a uh, it was very rewarding in those uh, in those early days. One of the things when I Bill, it's, it's interesting you saying that. One of the things I remember that really the first time I met with your dad, I met with Maurice Corey. I just remember these core values of, of of service and responsiveness and and local, uh, you know, local people with skin in the game um, were some of the core values of what the firm was about. And you know, we've been around thirty years now, and we've evolved as a firm and everything. But but I think it'd be worth sharing. You know, from your perspective, what what is what are those what core values have have we evolved over time, and how have those values remained 
how they evolved over the time yeah. as, as the firm has. Well, Bill, you um, you mentioned uh, my dad, and I keep referring to him. He was uh, uh, we we started off our our episode here talking about our being Carolina grads. So my dad uh, was his college years at Carolina were from uh, fall of twenty nine. God. Through the spring of thirty three, yeah. which when you yeah. think about the formative, yeah, the the, the <laughs> wow. market historians yeah, remember that. It's, yeah. it's very difficult years in the market, and I think that kind of shaped a lot of his mm-hmm. outlook. Uh, very common people of his generation, and my mom was a little younger, but she she uh, finished college in in the, in the mid forties, and she always used to joke about that FDR was president the whole time she was in school. <laughs> you know, from her uh, from right. her first years yeah, all right. the way through college. I remember, my but, dad used to talk about that. But now they um, uh, having uh, parents of that generation that had tire- a tireless work ethic, and you know, my my dad in particular was meticulous and prepared. You, you talk about my being an Eagle Scout. He was the the first Eagle Scout in Alamance County back in the mid <laughs> mid mid yeah. to late twenties. Wow. And um, I didn't know that and, one. That's 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 that doesn't surprise me at all, though. And so a lot of the the tenets of, of scouting, you know, he held dear about being prepared and mm-hmm. and uh, generous and humble, as you you mentioned. And uh, you know, he was uh, intent on always leaving something better than he found it. And I think that uh, that so. outlook that we have made a part of our firm of of um, doing right by others. You know, this is kind of this fiduciary standard that mm-hmm. we we talk about that's so you know often thrown around by by folks in our our business is um that was fundamental to who who he was and frankly um most of his generation mm-hmm. and you know uh they didn't need uh they didn't need the SEC or anyone to tell them how to act right. you know no standard that, that caused them to right. to behave basically professionally but that was um i i had the benefit of seeing or, or having parents that yeah. that came from that generation where those core values that serve you well, regardless of what industry you're in, um, you know, very much part of my life and still are today. Yeah, I would totally agree with you on that. No question. And when you think about it, growing up in the Depression, I mean, it, it, I, mean I just my grandparents had the same sort of outlook where, you know, you just – you know, you're. It's obvious that you have to help your neighbors because there's. You know, you might. They might not make it. I mean, there's literally no work and and no resources, and so it's just that generation. Um, you know, it, it left just such an indelible mark. Um, but it's interesting how you know that experience of your your parents and your dad. You know, it, that those values are still. Uh, you know, central to well, obviously to you, and then to people around you in the firm that you've. You know that you've managed a bill, which is I, I think is I, I think that's really cool. Um, so you know we I guess we're kind of segging a little bit into into you know, the culture of the family serving families. Uh, um, you know we we do have a very familiar a family centric culture here uh, at the firm. Um, just talk a little bit about how how you know you grew up and I mean we talked a little about your parents, but you know you you growing up in Alamance County and. Uh, and the values that you're learning from your dad and, you, you know, you're playing with, you know, for Roy for a little while. I and mean, talk a little bit about how those those values shaped your work and, and you know, maybe continue to shape the firm that you've, you know, helped build. You know, uh, the, Burke, the, um, the the culture of our firm and working with families is uh, is is kind of central to who we are. And, you know, having um, one of the one of the strengths we have of our firm is the tenure 
of the people that we have on board. We've got a great team and we've been fortunate to, to, uh, to, to have folks stay with us through many through their entire careers. And in a business that's relationship based, it takes years to, to establish trust and confidence with your clients. And I think that's one of the challenges that the large banks have is that there's so much, uh, there's frequent turnover in the mm-hmm. advisor um, slots in particular. And, and every few years, the clients have to start over again. I think that was something that we, we tried to, um, to, to focus on as we grew the firm that we were able to offer a, uh, a proper work life balance. Uh, we are grateful for the relationships we have with our colleagues. And that's one of the things that's so uh, special about our firm is that you know, not, not only do we work hard, there's a lot of, I, I would say, mutual admiration and respect we have and, um, you know, very collegial bunch. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, um, you know, you mentioned Roy and, and the, the days of, uh, of that, it was, it was, uh, you know, both of us, I suspect we all, we grew up with dreams of, of playing for the Tar Heels mm-hmm. one day and going to Carolina basketball school and, and seeing what that was like. But it was, um, that was a, uh, a clear window into how to build a successful, sustainable. That was my first experience with a successful, sustainable organization. You know, and to mm-hmm. think of it, the, um, you know, the, it, it was, it was, amazing how focused they were even in in that those days before data analytics was really a mm-hmm. thing that that was very that was ever present in practice planning they would uh ensure that we were you know they're watching us shoot layups at the beginning and if we didn't if we weren't focused on the little things then mm-hmm. then that would be you know that would translate into into other problems down the road or coach was adamant about uh, fo- focusing on the things you can control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot in our work with clients that, yeah. that he said, you know, you worry about your technique, you do the little things right, you get prepared and the, the results will, will follow. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, and, and uh, as I have, um, have been coaching some myself recently right. here about, we'll get to that later. The, the, uh, <laughs> no, the, the impact that, uh, of having uh, values that persist, you know, Dean Smith, who arguably was was the greatest, if or one of the greatest, if not the greatest, right. coaches and and leaders in this room, he's definitely considered absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, we have some clients that might take it take offense okay. to that. We'd all agree but, uh, that he was one of the best, one of the best for sure. But no, he, um, Coach Smith, retired twenty five years ago this month. That's hard to last believe. Month. Wow, and uh, and still his presence in the system and the and the program that mm-hmm. he built is successful today. And I think that's a, that is a, that's something I think about a lot in building an organization that is designed to last for the future. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, a lot of the uh, experiences we read about in our, in our industry in particular, they tend to be founder owned and, um, and uh, managed businesses. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they, and then they end at the retirement or, or death of the founder. And that's, yeah. You know, the fact that we're a trust company that um, has always been a difference in it, uh, f- for me in particular right. about how we need to make sure that this business is built to last because perpetuity clients that work mm-hmm. with us want to ensure that we're going to be there uh, years down the road. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, Bill. I, I, one of the things I think one of the biggest challenges we faced as a firm back 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 twenty five years ago, 
when things were really starting to take off. And I would love to hear your insight on this, but you know, we always assign a point person with every client that we work with, but we have a very team approach at Trust Company. And we have all these different very, very accomplished uh, professionals in our firm with specific skill sets that all work together to provide the client the best end result and best solution to to whatever challenge they're facing with their financial life. And I think that's one of the things that makes our firm unique. And I think it's the other thing is that because we are all the senior people in the firm are shareholders of the firm. They're all working towards the same goal. It's not, it's not, you know, you eat and kill what you want, which a lot of our competitors are kind of set up that way. But um, I think that's one of the great uh, cultures that you've Uh brought to bear, you know, with the firm that, that is, that is spilled over into the whole way the company's run. And I think it's just gotten better and better over the years. I, that's just an observation I would make from, from that comment, but. And Bill, you're, you're right. Any, any successful team is going to have, we're all going to be, uh, or, or share core values that, that, uh, we all hold dear. And I think that's, that's certainly the case with our, with our team at trust company, but, we all have different strengths, and yeah. because we do, we we bring just like a portfolio, you know, yeah. that, that has, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have uncorrelated asset classes, Bill, and I would say don't, among our team of people, we're we certainly uncorrelated. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. We're just and, trying to manage volatility, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Risk mitigation. <laughs> yeah, and we and we're the first to say we're not we're not perfect either. We but but we we always try to make it right, and that's one thing I've. It's always been my. My, uh, yeah, one of the great things I've really enjoyed about my relationship working with Bill is just I've never, he has always taken the high road on any, any right. situation we've ever been with any, any client or with, with people within the firm. He just, he just tries to always to do the right thing and that serves you well. Yeah. In life and in business and all those yeah. good things. Well, so. I know this is turning into into a gigantic love fest, and, and yeah. it should. But but I, yeah. I, I wanted to go on the re- I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to go on the record on something too. You, you yeah. said earlier about about you know you meeting Harold Smith and wanting to be like yeah. that and knowing you wanted to work with someone like that. I had the exact same yeah. uh, reaction. You know when when Bill and I reconnected. You know I guess it was you know three, four or five years ago when we started talking about maybe doing something. That I, I I had the exact same reaction. When I thought. <laughs> I don't really know what this is going to turn into, but I, I want to I want to stay in this guy's orbit because I really enjoy, yeah. you know respect him. So totally agree. Totally Anyhow, agree. so now I've got that. You know, that's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. <laughs> um, well, so um, you know, we talked about entrepreneurship a little bit and and your experience growing the this firm. Um, you know, Bill, what advice would you have for other entrepreneurs? You know, growing their own businesses. Mark, I would say the the first thing is that there are no shortcuts to success. You know, I someone said one time I remember that that success comes before work only in the dictionary, right? And that's right, right, uh, right. Uh, that resonated with me. And I, you know, there, there are a lot of great ideas, but they never materialize any into a to successful business. And I think you know our. Our friends at Dimensional talk about their uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors, mm-hmm. our investment partners. They talk about how their um, their ideas are out in the public domain, and there's there's nothing proprietary about the research that they use to build their portfolios. But what's enabled them to succeed is is successful execution, mm-hmm. and that's what 
um, you know, undermines most uh, great ideas is that they can't, they don't have the infrastructure or the ability to, to, um, to execute. They, you know, and, and also I, we, uh, you know, I talked about uh, Coach Williams and, and his focus on the little things that matter. You know, the, uh, uh, you know, my whole life I've been, I've been obsessive about, you know, seemingly the most inconsequential details. Mm-hmm. But I believe that if you over long term focus on the on, on the little things and you perform the little things marginally better than everybody else mm-hmm. over a long time, you know, the power of compounding right. will, uh, you know, will put the odds of success in your favor. And there's, there's a great book out that James Clear wrote called Atomic Habits. And he mm-hmm. talks about focusing on trying to get 1% better every day. Right. You know, and it's, uh, you know, they're the success of Carolina's basketball program or, or trust company in the South. I mean, we, we don't have any secret sauce. It's just executing and performing those, uh, you know, those little things yeah. every day that, uh, that put the odds of success in your favor. I think that makes a difference in any organization. And, and as you say, Bill, when you mentioned, you know, um, knowing how to act, I mean, just treating people the right way is, uh, is it's not uh, it's not that hard. Yeah, it's it, I, I totally agree, William. I, the, one of the things that, that I was thinking about um, is we've evolved as a firm. Bill is is um, you know we are technically we are a trust company. You know we're we're regulated by the North Carolina was it commissioner of banks, right? Um, which is very unique. It's like where some of our advisor some of our competitors are regulated by the SEC and whatnot. But uh, the term advisor or, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so much gray out there in today's universe of I'm a wealth advisor. I'm a, you know, there's a registered advisor. There's financial advisors. There's all these different terms and everybody might have a different interpretation of what that means or the term wealth management to some people means something completely different. Some people think purely investments and then other people think of more of a holistic type of approach, which is what we tend to adhere to. I mean, the the big three legs of the stool that I feel like we do is, is asset management, financial planning, which, which involves cash, cash flow, retirement, education, taxes, and then the estate planning element of it. And, and I would love for you to, to articulate your thoughts on the service we provide and how we do it. And, and, what makes it different from our competitors? I mean, if it, sure. Yeah. So th- the fact that we're a trust company is a, uh, in early on, I recall, I mean, a lot of clients um, felt like the only way they could work with our firm is if they had a trust. Right. And remember that was a, uh, that was yeah. a, some confusion we had to, we early on, we had to, to diffuse, but you know, the, um, you know, the idea of a, uh, of a trust is, um, is, increasingly part of our client service many of our the entrepreneurial clients we serve a trust is ultimately a part of their plan and having a uh, a corporate trustee bill you mentioned you know what's the difference so any individual can serve in that role but for business to do so you have to have proper regulation and and be chartered accordingly you mentioned in our Regulatory body is the uh, Office of Commissioner of Banks, as opposed to national banks, which would be the the OCC. But our um, uh, 
that particular role is uh, you know is is extremely important because that trustee is is charged with making discret making decisions that affect you know ultimate um, distribution or support for whoever the beneficiary is and and you want to have confidence that that person in that role is going to act like you would act when you're gone and that's why it's so important to have a relationship with somebody who you you trust and mm-hmm. they know you they know the issues about your children and i think anybody that you want to put in that role it, it's important that you develop a relationship with them and that's the challenge in our industry is that so many the larger firms they 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 don't have enough time or the structure doesn't enable them to develop lasting relationships and so as a result right. the uh the outcome is not is not particularly good mm-hmm. yeah but the uh but the the comprehensive approach you reference bill and so in our in our role as a trust company we are inevitably working with multiple generations and so that estate planning piece is fundamental to our service and and as you say i mean our since really since day one our client service model has been not just asset management it has been comprehensive and that we you know, our the clients that come to us have accumulated significant assets and they they look to us to help ensure we preserve those assets and we grow them and we transfer them using all of the those uh, uh, the areas of expertise that you mentioned from tax estate planning, charitable giving strategies and so forth. William, I think another thing that might be interesting to hear, I would love to hear your your view on this is just. The emotional, you know, one of the things I feel like we do a lot is we're almost behavioral psychologists with with a lot of our clients, um, because when you're dealing with money, it's an emotional issue, and and when money's and family, change, yeah, and family and things of that nature. Talk talk a little bit about the the, the counseling, the, the the emotional side of of dealing with with clients and trying to do trying to trying to really serve them and take be that objective party to help them make unemotional decisions about very emotional situations at, at, at certain at certain times in life you know that's um I'm glad to hear you raise that bill you know, there uh it, it's uh, without a doubt the uh, the emotional side is what what contributes to your success or lack of success in our industry there's um the the you know the any successful investment plan means that you have to have a philosophy and that you stick to it. It's a game plan in effect. And and we are, we're shepherds of that game plan, you know, and make sure that when we have bad, you know, bad seasons or you know, what have you, we still stick to our, to our plan. And the, uh, the, you know, most investors, frankly, or, or, uh, Human nature doesn't allow you to have success in the investment markets. Right. You know, we're wired to, um, you know, to follow the crowd. Yeah, follow the crowd, or or when things you know get dicey in the market, that you you're fearful and you you sell at the wrong time. And our role as a as an advisor is to try to 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 build a strategy that we're going to stick through through ups and downs. And you know, as I was was thinking about you know our priorities for you know, for the near term or even long term you know I, we three here as we're thinking about how we can make trust company better it's probably less important about what's happening in you know in the midterm elections mm-hmm. for our future yeah. 
And, you know, everyone is focused on the short term headlines and long term. Really, what matters is is having an investment in in companies that are going to be around for the for the long term. And that's mm-hmm. where uh, sticking with your plan and not um, and not reacting emotionally to short term factors is what is part of our job is to keep you focused and not get too high and not get too low. I met with a. It's funny. I, I had I had dinner with some with some value clients last week down in the eastern uh, down in the coastal part of North Carolina. We're blessed to have clients all over the state of North Carolina. Some in, we have some in but California, New York, Florida too. But but the core main main element of our sure. client base is in North Carolina. And I was down in uh, the eastern part of the state recently visiting with a client who who Bill deals a lot with and. He, he, it was great just to hear him articulate how his quality of life since he became a client, because he said, you guys have just taken, y'all always taught me off the ledge. He goes, I used to get so amped up when some political event would happen or some major market event would happen. And I've realized now that I've, I've been with you guys long enough now that a lot of that, so much of that is noise and so much of it of sticking to that plan, like you were just talking about, Bill, um, has, has lowered, he said, has lowered my blood pressure dramatically. Right, right. <laughs> so that was a, a case in point example of somebody I recently just spoke with who would probably concur with everything you just said. So, you know, Bill, the, the, that simplifying and providing peace of mind yeah. is, is so, um, fundamental. You know, the, the, Thing about clients we've served, there was a, um, you know, a gentleman we had the, the, uh, good fortune to work with several years ago that, that came to us with, which is very common with, um, with multiple account relationships and his assets were here and there and he didn't really know what he had and he was in declining health and had been, had been, had the interest and ability to manage his affairs up to the point at which he didn't and he came to us then and, and we, we spent many months trying to to consolidate and simplify, and and by the time that he kind of reached um, the point where he was not really aware of, of where he was, I remember him saying how uh, at peace he was that he finally realized that he had everything in one place, and that we were we understood what his wishes were, and and he was comfortable that everything was going to be okay. I mean, and so that. Uh, that example of how we work with clients and providing them peace of mind and, and simplifying is is present in almost right. every relationship we have. And you know, another point you made you made, Bill, about the um, our uh, um, clients interested in preserving their legacy. I, I remember a, a story about you know one of our dear uh, clients who's no longer with us that. Um, asked me one time if I would meet and speak with their, uh, with his grandchildren. And, uh, and I think we actually have this out on our website. So there's some reference to it, but it was, it was one of my, um, most treasured memories of having been in this role. And I had, was able to sit down with his grandchildren at the time who were probably between 10 and 16 or so. And, and I asked them, uh, the, as, I said, you know, your grandfather has has given you a tremendous gift here and has accumulated some uh, assets for you that are going to give you a head start in life. And I said, well, what do you think um, gave rise to your grandfather having 
the ability to do this. And they said, well, granddaddy worked really hard. And I said, well, a lot of people work really hard, but mm-hmm. don't ever accumulate anything. And I said that what you're, you know, what I want to share with you is that your grandfather, every year that I knew him and I'd worked with him for 15 years or more, that he would call me and he would ask me, he said, Bill, did we earn more than we spent this year? And, <laughs> and I said, well, yes, we did. And uh, he said, well, he shared that his father had told him that when he was young that if he never lost sight of that one principle that he would be okay. And that's that, that, uh, that, and that's why we focus so much on trying to get a grip on how much you spend. And most people see that as an onerous, um, you know, constraining process, but really it's, it's important. It's fundamental. It's important to understand mm-hmm. because if you, if you can follow that tenant, then, then that, that, that legacy that, that our client wanted to give his child, his grandchildren, you know, the, the, while the money and the trust and trust assets are certainly important. What's more important is the, the values that made you successful and happy. And if you can, if you can somehow transfer those to your children and grandchildren, that's, that's what I think everyone is ultimately after. That's, that's a great point. We, I mean, Burke and I both have strong opinions on this, but I would love to hear you as the, as the CEO of the company, articulate, if you will, for us, Bill, who, who, do you, who, is, who is the ideal client for a trust company in the South? Who, who is the person that, that, that you think is, is a great fit for us? Because we, we don't try to be all things to all people. We try to, to serve certain people who have certain attributes, and I, I would love to hear your, let you articulate that and your, from your perspective. Sure. I would say to start off with um, clients that that have um, estate potential estate tax exposure would be um, w- would be where I would start, and that would be where they have sufficient assets to where they would benefit from the planning that we're able to you know to provide. Um, and then uh, after that, I would say those that that have complex. Um, financial affairs. They may have an operating business. Many, many of our clients, we've spoken several times during this uh, podcast that, that we have attracted entrepreneurs. Well, as an entrepreneurial firm, that would make sense. Many of our clients have, have built firms that mm-hmm. have created their wealth as opposed to having inherited from, from another generation. Uh, and so I would say, um, uh, Clients that are that have other interests that don't want to manage their own affairs. Yeah, that we are point. we are um, professional advisors, and we seek to work a, or establish a plan or a strategy with our client families, and then they delegate the management of that plan to us. And we, so I would say, um, you know, those that that want that truly want a relationship, and and our the given the structure of our firm as a as a trust company those that have trusts as a as a component of their plan would be ideal candidates if they want uh, if they have children or grandchildren that are ultimately going to inherit their wealth where they're going to want to have a partner and where someone that truly knows them or maybe knew their grandparents or knew their parents that have some um, history and context that enables them to make a decision that that they're that their parents or grandparents would have wanted us to make in that role. Yeah. The, the, the other thing I, I wanted to make sure that I, that I asked you today 
in our discussion was um, and we have so many different skill sets. We have CPAs, we have CFPs, we have CFAs, we have lawyers, and we've got great in-house legal people. Um, we've got all these different skill sets, and we deliver such a holistic value proposition. But I think a great question today is is about the future of the company. And I've never been more excited about some of the younger people we're hiring that have been coming in to to you know, the next generation of advisor, I'd love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Yeah. No, Bill, we, um, you know, they don't, they don't have a scouting report or ranking <laughs> recruiting classes for, yeah. for, for professional investment folks. But I would say ours is, is when we're referencing Dean, we're, we're certainly near the top, if not at the top, we've got a great group of, of next generation professionals that have joined our firm. Uh, and, and I think the time, um, you know, for my entire career, we've heard about the this thirty trillion dollars that's changing hands, and we're right in the middle of that every day. Mm-hmm. And whether it's um, family selling their business, or passing on, or taking advantage of gifting opportunities, given changes in estate tax exemption levels, and we're right in the middle of that. And, and in particular, our region in the country. Uh, North Carolina in particular, or the footprint of where we're located is, I think, poised for a lot of success in the years to come. You know, we're uh, the across the country, people are relocating to the southeast. No question. They're coming to North Carolina. And, and I mentioned in the, my intro comments about the finding jobs in the region, we particularly in, in the in the, what they call the Carolina core now, the mm-hmm. old Piedmont triad, is we've had a lot of great uh, successful announcements with our the Toyota battery plant. And there's just great things happening in our region. I think we are, are poised to participate in that growth. It's a, it is an exciting time to be in our industry uh, and, and, and be practicing where we're located. Well put. Um, I did. I, I could not let this session end uh, without coming back to uh, that your um, your experience um, in in the world of basketball, but but not in the world of, of Roy Williams. I, you're now coaching your uh, <laughs> your your daughter's team, and uh, we were talking the other day about um, your experience in that. I hope maybe you would elaborate a little on your experience coaching Josie and and, uh, and the gang. It is. Um it is something I have never experienced, and, and I, I want to mention before I get to Josie that I had um, when I finished it at Carolina, I came home to to Burlington and, and coached my um, uh, with my former high school basketball coach for a oh, right. year, and so I'd had some experience in that, and it was it was great. The first practice, uh, Tommy Cole, my coach, said told his players that this was. You know, this is Billy. He called me Billy. So this was Billy Smith. He'd played for me years ago, and, and you can listen to him. And I want you to call him Coach Smith. And and one of the uh, the players came up to me after practice, and he said, kind of meekly, he said, uh, "Coach, do you mind if I call you Coach Bill? Because there's only one Coach Smith." <laughs> but, but no. So I but shifting gears. So I, yeah, I am coaching Josie's uh, second and third grade basketball team, and we've uh, we've gotten off to a. A slow start, uh, I would say, but they're they're learning the game and and uh, it's it's been interesting coaching little girls. We are for, you tough loving them, William, or are you? Well, are you keeping, well, well, she I, had some feedback for you. Well, she did have some feedback. The uh, the, the the first practice I, I was trying to because none of them had ever played before. I was telling them where they were on the court. You know, from you know, I want you to go to the top of the key or the low block or the paint and 
And uh, one of the little girls raised her hand and she said, Coach, are we going to have glitter on our uniforms? <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment and went back to the program. You know, and uh, what is their name? What's the team's name? They are the Glitter Girls. The Glitter Girls. They are. Oh, well, oh, Seems like a reasonable question. And, well, it did. It's very and, sparkly. And you know, I was going through <laughs> setting up the you know the defense we wanted to run, and one of them raised her hand and said that my uh, grandparents are coming to the game next weekend, and so they're. Uh, it was uh, focus is an issue right now that I'm working on. We uh, we we had a tough loss this weekend. We were down at. at one point late in the uh, fourth quarter, it was thirty-five to one, and uh, and so I had to call a timeout because we had an out of bounds play and a chance <laughs> to actually get a bucket. But um, but you you asked tough love, and we had a Sunday practice bill after <laughs> you after, after a I, Sunday practice. We did, the... yeah. It, but we we had time for pizza and 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 uh, and a water break. Burke, you asked about the feedback. So Josie, after after only a first or second practice, told me that during. Uh, practice at dad she said you need to use shorter sentences and you need to let us have a water break so i've tried to be uh take her advice to heart right. so we a kindler gentler you, yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, is it's been you. it's been a, a delight though and i would highly recommend it y'all have both have had young daughters and and know the the season she's in i hope she wish she'd stay this age forever sure of course uh, yeah uh, well bill i mean we, look i I, it's been my honor to work with you for – I've been with the firm. I was I was trying to think if it – I'm on my 24th year. My 25th anniversary will be coming up next year. So I've thoroughly enjoyed my my association working with you, and thank you for all you've done for the firm. And I'm just glad we, we could we could catch catch a little bit of time to speak with Mr. Absolutely. Smith and let our – let all all the people out there in this in this great country of ours get to know him a little bit better. So, Agreed. Burke, thank you for putting this together, and I don't 100%. have anything else to say today. So, well, I guess we'll wrap it up then, Bill. And I'm talking to Mr. Smith now. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here. It's really been fun. Thank you, Thanks Burke, and thank you, Bill. It's been a privilege and and uh, an honor to work with both of you. And I'm I'm just looking forward to the next next thirty years together, hopefully. Excellent, excellent. God willing, and the creek don't rise. <laughs> that's right. Thank you, Bill. All right. I'll call you Coach Smith, though, if that's okay. Sounds good. Thank <laughs> you, sir. Okay. See you. Thank you for listening to Trust Company Talks. These opinions are intended as entertainment. Any opinions expressed on this podcast by Bill Noble, Burke Coons, or anyone else are not necessarily those of Trust Company of the South. There is no guarantee that these statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be accurate. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. These materials are not intended to be tax or legal advice, and readers are encouraged to consult their own legal tax and investment advisor before implementing any financial strategy.